Welcome to Meet the Filmmaker at the Apple Store Soho in New York. Please welcome this evening's moderator, Charles Thorpe. Hey guys, how's everyone doing today? Awesome, yeah. Thanks for coming out, thanks for coming out. Um, so this is a fun little indie docu, and uh, it's, a, it's a lot of fun, and it's a really sweet story, and uh, it's a very human story, and uh, it's got a great trailer right here that we're gonna show you, and then we'll uh, bring the filmmakers out. How do we, uh, how do we want to do this? Just start at the beginning of the story. Right. The story starts two years ago. In LA, I had just broken up with Audrey and I was miserable. We'd been together for two years and I had never told mom and dad about her. In fact, they were freaking out because you know, here I was almost 30, never married, which in our culture is like- Code red. Code red. We are having great time with the family. Next time, we are going to come with the grandchildren. Here's the thing. In mom and dad's eyes, I had no idea how to get a girlfriend. I don't know how they fell in love, but mom and dad are the happiest couple I've ever seen. The way you guys married, would that work for me as well? Yeah. Not even a doubt. There's a matchmaking. This girl is good with that boy, but that boy is good with this girl. So all the girls and all the boys get married. Dad sent me 20 pictures and resumes of matrimonial candidates, which is totally normal, right? How are we going to set it up? It's not going to happen automatically. I don't want you guys jumping and getting all these other people involved. Looks good, so I'm going to forward this to Ravi, okay? Within weeks, my biodata was in the hands of uncles, aunts, family, friends, and complete strangers. Hey, I'm Ravi. Hey, I'm Ravi. Hey, I'm Ravi. Oh, wait, we already met. This is exhausting, isn't it? I see progress. No messages. No. Pretty impressive. You're just having a date, I'm just filming. That's just weird. I love that I get to watch this. Put that camera down right now. I'm getting the practice of like pursuing women. Are you good at this? Well, you're Indian, you're not gonna be good. <laughs> My sister has three grandkids and they are happy, happy, happy family. Because our kids doesn't even care to get married. What would be the downside of me marrying a white girl? No, I hope I'm this is the most unnecessary pep speech I've ever gotten in my life. I love this picture. This is the closest an Indian picture ever gets to kissing. This should be considered obscene by some people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, so let's bring out the filmmakers behind Meet the Patels, Gita and Ravi Patel. Hey, guys, how hey you guys. doing? Hey, guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks for joining. Thanks for joining. Um, so we really, I think we already feel like we know you, Ravi. Uh, I feel <laughs> after that trailer, it really gives us, paints the portrait, which is, it's a great trailer. There you go. I yeah, can thank see. There we go. There we thank go. Um, Was it as good as you? Ed yeah, hoped? exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah, you look better. You look better in person. Um, <laughs> you so too. So tell us, tell us a little bit about, uh, about um, how you conceived with the idea of uh, making a documentary about your love life. I mean, that seems like a, uh, a bold move. I think he was tricked into it. Yeah, I don't I think he really conceived of it. This is not what no I No one wants to be in a documentary about their flaws, <laughs> right, Ravi? Yeah, well, so we started making this movie probably six and a half years ago, and it started as a home video. Gita had just finished 
her previous documentary, which was also for PBS, about cashmere, completely different tonally. Warzone, <laughs> not the sweater. Warzone stuff. Yeah. Different kind of Warzone than this. And uh, so she had bought this camera that she wanted to learn how to use. And which I always joke that she never did. If you see the entire movie, um, <laughs> but, uh, you'll know if you watch the movie. It's all very crappy home it's video. It's the charm of the movie, Gita. Uh, and you know, I had just broken up with this white girl that I never told mom and dad about. And then here I am going through this eat, pray, love phase on a plane with my sister, and my parents are like just breathing down my neck because in their mind it's an international emergency that I'm almost 30 and not married and Gita's filming the whole thing and then all that in anticipation of like at the end of this 18 hour flight we're going to land where there's a billion people who are just as pissed off about this as mom and dad are <laughs> and I was telling Gita about it and I was like you know this is like something the funny thing about what I'm going through is that specifically Patels and Indians know this conflict inside and out and but then our non-Indian friends yeah, everybody's lonely you know and deals with being lonely <laughs> even when you're with somebody you're lonely like it's the greatest like mystery in life is like how do I not be lonely like you know what I mean or how do I find love how do I keep love once I have it like how do we stay in love and so he's just like Gita we have to do something about this we need to tell this story mm. yeah so I mean yeah, it was just like, I was like, you know, like, it's a thing that, you know, specifically we go through in our family and every, like, you know, like if I went up to, you know, anyone who's non-Indian and I said, oh, I'm hiding my white girlfriend from my parents. They're like, you're an asshole. <laughs> but then if I go to an Indian person and I go, yeah, I have this white girlfriend. They're like, well, you didn't tell your parents, did you? And it just kind of shows how like both of these kinds of lives kind of coexist in a very common place. And I just thought it was really funny and crazy and something that, you know, hopefully a lot of people could benefit from by telling the story. At the time, though, we thought we were going to make like a journalistic, we knew we wanted to make like a funny movie. We wanted to do something like Morgan Spurlock would do, like something where it's not about himself, it's about the situation. Right, right. Yeah, like kind of like a journalistic thing. I also thought it would be done in a year. Anyway, I was wrong about all that. Ended up being about me and our family. It took six years. It took six years. I'm probably going to go edit some more after this. <laughs> so, I mean, Gita, tell me a little bit about the rules. Were there rules set forth about that six-year filming period, about what you could film? Because you're, you're in there. You're there during the dates. You're there during the emotional discussions with, with, your, with your brother. Um, did you guys talk about any of that before, or was it all sort of open, open for recording? There was, um, there was only one rule that I remember, and it was that while we were filming everything, while we were going through that, you know, years and years of not know, you know, you know when you're done with the film when you know kind of thing. Um, while we were going through that, we had one rule, and that is family comes first. So when you make a film about your family, that's tricky, because usually when you make a film that's a documentary, and you, it's just like journalism, you interview someone, you don't ask them to read the article about themselves before you publish it. You know, you don't um, make a documentary and show it to anyone in the documentary, that's just opening a can of worms. The, the rule traditionally of documentaries is make it, everyone signs the releases, everyone's for themselves. You know, reality television is like an extreme example. In this case, our family was in the film. Our family was making the film. 
So we decided we had to take care of our relationships first. The film may come and go, but our family was there forever. So we made, that created a different situation. For example, um, there was a point where we were fighting so much, we made each other cry and we almost gave up. And we had to sort of muster everything we had and we said, you know what, we just need to love each other more and we're going to get through this and we're going to finish this. But we don't, neither of us was going to fight for any ideas. It, and sacrifice our relationship in the, in, that, in the end of that. And same thing with the people in the film, we would interview friends and they would say, hey man, I'm gonna give you everything I got, I trust you, you're, you know, I trust you. Well then you're in the editing room and you see something your friend says, it's totally stupid and is great for the film, but bad for your friend. Those are moments where we made decisions, we're like, we're gonna protect him, or we put it in, we say, hey, we want you to look at this, how do you feel about this? That's not conventional, but for us that was really important. Yeah. And Ravi, I mean, did you feel like you had that power of veto whenever she was getting a little too close to your personal life? I mean, how many, how, how often do you think you stepped up and was like, okay, shut it down. We can't record this part. Or was, did you feel like it was a, a good well, process? In the movie, through? there's a, there's a point at which I'm arguing with mom and dad and I say, put that camera down and Gita puts it down. And then two seconds later, you see it turn it back, back on from down here. <laughs> I mean, for the most part, for the most part, we were on the same page, though. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, for me, it was like because I knew I was going to be directing it with her. Like, I felt like the best thing I could do is to be as honest as possible. Because um, as a director, I wanted it all, and I'd rather be able to choose later what's in there. And also, if I was wearing that hat while I'm in front of camera, I think it would have kind of, I think it would have got gotten the way of the authenticity. Yeah. You know, of those moments. Absolutely. And yeah. I think your parents are incredibly colorful Oh, they're cinema gold. In this, yeah, this is, it's amazing. Oh, my, my agents are all over them. It's They've the gotten so many oh. movie, um, <laughs> like, auditions. Like, yeah. Julia Roberts wants them in a movie. No joke. <laughs> that's incredible. No, like, Julia Roberts no, doesn't want them. Well, she <laughs> wants mom to audition <laughs> no, for her she movie. she doesn't want That's not how it works. It's her <laughs> movie. My manager, this is, by the way, how yeah. history is going. That's right there. This is a classic example of Headline, everybody. One little moment of turning it into <laughs> enchanted, some enchanted. Listen, she's no. getting the press. Mom got asked. Have people like this in your Mom family? Mom got asked to audition. <laughs> well, like the moments become Julia something Roberts completely movie. different. Mom no, and Julia Roberts are best friends. My manager emailed me one day. This Here is amazing. I struggle with this. Is we need a support group for these kinds of people. <laughs> Julia Roberts wants her in her movie. I mean, no, she was then asked to audition for Julia Roberts. <laughs> Then you'd be telling a story about she how mom turned on Julia Roberts. <laughs> for Julia Roberts' movie. It's a good story. Tell me about that time your mom turned on okay. Julia Roberts' okay. story. Okay, move on, move on. So, <laughs> so my manager emailed me and was like, hey, there's this role for Julia Roberts. Can we, can, do you mind, can, we, can you put her on tape? Have her audition for this role. Yeah. But the point is, like, you know, like, I'm an actor. She's a writer-director. Right. And... Our parents are surpassing us. They're stars. They're absolute stars. Oh, it's it's it's, it's incredible. They, Every they are like they are Vinny shows. and we are Turtle. And uh, you know and they act like they deserve it. Like they've been there forever. They're like, yeah, of course, it's about time. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I, I mean, tell me a little bit about that relationship while you're filming. Did did they understand that the camera was on at all times, or? Were they at all sort of nervous about the family's, uh, you know, business being put out there in the in in the whole you know, world? I think I would imagine they felt nervous about it when they finally realized, like when we called when we said, "Hey, come to LA. We finished making this movie that you 
didn't think we would actually ever finish after all this time. I think at that point they probably felt some nerves, like in the minute I before you play. I, I mean, I feel like they they were they had no faith in our filmmaking ability. Like they, but that's what I mean. Like that's that when they finally probably thought. I don't think they were thought, nervous. Oh. I think they were just confused. Like what <laughs> film? What? Right, right, like, right. They thought it was like a yeah. family video. I, I don't know if they've yeah. ever really been nervous. I feel like. I, they yeah. are. They're so like they're so authentically themselves, and just they're incapable. Like, like for me, like I have no fear ever. I've never had a fear of being in front of big groups of people or being on stage. I get no nerves about that, and I didn't find out till like well down the road in life that that was a very unique thing. And I think it's I, it's from them now that I get to see it and I see them in this movie I'm yeah. like oh this makes sense they're oblivious <laughs> like they don't care they're just um, yeah yeah. They, as a son I gotta tell you like it, it's awesome to be able to see them as kind of characters in a documentary because I've grown to love and appreciate them more almost from like a weirdly like third party lens right? in a way that you know you know like I think we all are like in our like all everyone in your families at some point you're like this would be a TV show. These people are crazy. <laughs> and well, in this case, like we actually kind of did it. <laughs> and they're like, no, we were right. These guys are really crazy. They're charming. They're amazing. Yeah, yeah 100%. And they definitely own a room. And yeah. uh, the next clip that we're going to show is is your father trying to set you up on, uh, set you up, do a little matchmaking oh, yeah. at a wedding, right? There's a little part when you're about to see it. There's a little behind the scenes for you. And my dad does this cute little backslap to me and I don't think you can hear it in the audio but what he says is come on you're my son <laughs> he goes like that <laughs> anyway he'll say it yeah. it's awesome Ravi huh? I talked to the girl's dad you made you talk yeah. but if you don't like you let her go yeah. but how are we going to set it up let's talk about it it's not going to happen automatically yeah. no 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 do not do that. That's where you guys go too far. Okay, okay. No. I'm telling you I'm going to take care of I don't want you guys jumping and getting all these other people involved. That's when it becomes embarrassing. We're not going to do anything you don't want us to do. Okay? It's given. Okay, then just relax no, then. We're no. done. When you talk to her, she may not know why you are talking to her. Don't be shy and yeah. talk to her, man. We'll support you, baby. You are, don't you're, worry. We'll support you. Whatever I'm telling you, you guys are treating me like I'm like socially retarded. I... I I'm oh, I'm very hard. good socially. Wait, you're socially good except when it comes to marriage. Marriage, right. Don't just look at her and say, oh, I don't like her. I don't do that. You guys think I do that, but you just, you're so desperate for me to like someone that you, you don't trust when I'm, I make my own choices and I'm, I give everyone no, a fair chance. to like somebody, you got I'm to get to know somebody. To person. Why do you love mom and dad? Because you've been with them for all these years. Yeah, that's true. So you, if you, you. To Moment, ma, I don't like you guys. I'm awkward. Take a little interest. Okay. And you know what will happen if nothing? Let's say you do not like. You may say that my friend might be right for. Ah. Introduce to a friend. Yeah. This is the most unnecessary pep speech I've ever right. gotten in my life. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Guitar, guitar, guitar. It's great. It's great. Um. So, Ravi, you were in an interesting position where you were the subject of a documentary and also the director of the documentary. Right. I mean, what did you, did you discover anything about your own mannerisms or your own personality yeah, from I, I, watching first of all, this? My posture's terrible. I have this weird bow-legged walk, which, like, I think I had maybe heard rumblings about it, but I certainly didn't acknowledge or... He doesn't look, listen. Yeah. When you edit yourself, you notice a lot of ugly stuff. 
<laughs> like actually almost like everything is not as pretty as you know i think we're all just very optimistic people it's how we get through this life uh but yeah <laughs> all that you know it was also just to be completely serious it was a pretty intensely introspective time in my life not only while it was happening in real time but then again to see myself you know as an editor as a director like yeah y- you notice things about yourself and it, it, you know I hope I'm a better person as a result of all of it. I know definitely like our entire family is so much closer, you know, not only just Geeta and I who are like, you know, we're like best friends now in a way that I could have never imagined, but also my entire family were just so much more respectful and transparent and and loving. Like we enjoy our each other's company in a way, you know, mom and dad are can you tell that we love to talk? Yeah, like, this I love comes it. from the, it's, it's yeah. the I'm just waiting for him to finish. This is, yeah, this is no uh, mom going. and dad. Perfect example. Th- you know, it was like a big deal to them when we left. You know, our traditional trajectories. Both of us were in finance to go into entertainment, and now both of them are all in on this movie. Like dad's working ten hours a day. He ordered Meet the Patels campaign yard signs. There's all these Indian uncles around the w- country. If you go to our Facebook them page. Yard- you got to see what's happening on Facebook. You should see the pictures it's on the our Facebook thing page. Ever. There's, we couldn't afford outdoor advertising for the film to compete, but in the theaters, our film is right next to, you know, whatever the latest, like, train wreck. And so we're like, crap, we don't, have, we don't have any billboards, we don't have any signs, what do we, we don't have any ads on TV. And so Dad's like, I have an idea. He's like, we don't need any of that. I'm going to get yard signs. Yeah. <laughs> and so he ordered a thousand yard signs. And these, if you go on our Facebook page, you will see people all over in all the major cities where the film is coming out are putting up yard signs. It's been crazy. Like the, the word of mouth, just through like what they've been doing has been insane. Like you guys know who Aziz is. He, uh, he texted me a few days ago. Aziz Ansari. I'm yeah, sure. Aziz Ansari. He texted me a few days ago. And he's like, so he's, he's from South Carolina. It's where his parents are. And they're South Indian, they're Muslim, they don't really hang out with any Indians. They could not be more disconnected from, you know, kind of the world of this, of this film. And his brother had texted him and said that everyone at his house was talking about this movie and how excited they were to see it. And, and, and none of them knew that Aziz and I were even friends. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. It's, just been it's because of all this like yard sign stuff. Like slowly, yeah. everybody's hearing about it. There's a there's a call center at our home in Charlotte right now with like my parents and all their friends calling other Indians around the country <laughs> and forming new call centers. It's like it's like the weirdest contagion ever. It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, I think it is fair to say that you know the Indian culture is fairly underserved in popular cinema. So I think, what has the response been from your family, from your friends? I mean, there's people who make cameos. I mean, like Russell Peters, who are a friend of yours. And I mean, what has been the response from them, from the Indian? I love that you recognize Russell Peters. Absolutely. That's awesome. He's he's hilarious. Um, You know, we were, I was, he wasn't nervous. I was nervous as to what the Indian community would think. Just because like, when you make jokes about your own community, it's a little tricky sometimes. Everybody has that with their jokes and um, I'm so glad with this comedy they all so far nobody's disliked it I mean I feel like the Indian communities loved it they all are the parents usually come up to us and they're like my son needs to watch this and then the son will come up <laughs> my dad needs to watch this you know and so that's kind of cool that's great and uh, explain a little bit for people who haven't seen the movie yet I mean there's a little mention of it in the trailer but this bio data I mean that is something that blew my mind yeah. I think a lot of people will be surprised so what <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about what this what's going on there so obviously so what happens in the movie is 
I agree to let my parents set me up on these blind dates with Indian girls around the country. And there's one little <laughs> nuance to this journey, which is that they all have the same last name as us. Not in an incestual way, but it's like a caste base. Like all Patels are from one part of India. And it's almost entirely Patels in this area. So in our family, home. there is nobody who has who does not have the last name Patel. Men and women, nobody's ever married Even outside the, the last name. Even who have been born here, they're married to Patels. Yeah, they uh, find Patels, and this is a system of how they find Patels. Yeah, and uh, so you know, my parents they got an arranged marriage, met for ten minutes, and then you know they are like we say in the movie, like one of the happiest couples you'll ever see. They are truly in love, um, and so the way. You know, the whole premise of the arranged marriage is that it's not about love, but rather commitment and compatibility. Compatibility is like all these biostats, things like height, weight, skin tone, which is a big thing that we explore in the movie. It's pretty funny. And then, you know, being from the same place, same socioeconomic level, speaking the you same language. You have to marry within a, a village circle. So they have names for all the village circles. So within the Patels, you can only marry certain Patels. You have Patels. to go counterclockwise. So it's all documented incest. on this, yeah. like, matrimonial resume called yeah. a biodata. Yeah, so and, yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's a matrimonial resume. It's literally like a picture and then kind of like a job resume, but for marriage. But because because job plays such a big role in this kind of, of a process, it often looks like a, like a work resume. Um, Except in your case, because mom faked your job. Oh, yeah, mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Revy, an Revy's actor, an actor yeah. in Hollywood and she didn't yeah. think that was marriage material Keep in mind, so. I was in Transformers and Scrubs at the time <laughs> like you know by no means famous you were on IMDB but, but nothing to be like super like doing well for a guy who just started doing it and I saw my bio data so these are these things that Patel parents pass around to they kind also of write continue them. the process that they did. So you're reading a resume that your parents wrote about yourself, which is hilarious. Yeah, exactly. So tell them what you So this is said. the modern day kind of iteration of what how they did the arranged marriage. The way that they're sustaining the system here in America is by passing these biodatas around and matching up Patels. Yeah. So like an uncle might pass it to another uncle, might pass it to Wait, you tell know, the, tell them neighbor. what was on yours though. Tell them what the job was on yours. Yeah, yeah. So my my biodata, which I saw after it was in the marketplace, <laughs> it had my main job, I think it was that I was an SAT tutor, which I had done after college. But the best part about it to me was that being an SAT tutor was more marriageable than if you look at the bottom, actor, transformers, scrubs. It's ridiculous. And I asked my dad, I asked my mom, I'm like, mom, first of all, this is like a lie at some point. Like, can we get sued for this? Like, what was, she's like, well, beta, you have to understand you know, everybody these days, they're doing graduate professional jobs. You don't even have graduate school. I'm having a tough time getting good candidates already for you. That's a spot-on impression. And uh, it's just one of the many, you know, avenues that you took to try to find somebody. You went through web dedicated yeah. websites and, you know, friends setting you up. and With your Patel convention? Yeah, Patel convention, which Indian we're going to show. Uh, so the convention we're going to show a clip of right now. Oh, okay, great. Somebody that met last year is already married, and there's another another couple that's almost there. One three to five icebreakers. Three and a half hours of icebreakers. I can't think of a more efficient way to meet women, though. I rarely meet Indian girls I like talking to. I'm getting the practice of like pursuing women, which unfortunately yeah. I'm almost thirty years old, and I really genuinely feel like I'm bad at it. 
Well, I feel like, well, you're Indian. You're not going to be good. Probably. <laughs> so, girl has Georgia, and a boy has Atlanta. You guys match up, okay? I hope you guys know your states and capital. I don't like how I look. My hair, I look ridiculous. Either this is fine, right? It is, right? Why does anyone tell me how stupid I look? Did you see any guys on there you like it? No. It's hilarious. Um, so, I mean, a lot of filmmakers listen to this podcast and are out there, and, you know, you guys completed this documentary, which took six years. I mean, what was, what's the best piece of advice you could give to people out there that m might be trying to make their first film? Gita, me, and then Robbie. I would you. say do scripted. <laughs> get, get a lot of money. <laughs> do something scripted. Transformers. <laughs> Transformers, for example. Be Michael Bay, if you can, guys. I would say uh, don't give up. I think a lot of people feel like, especially halfway through any project, they want to give up. At least for me, I always want to give up halfway. And you, you got to recognize that that's normal and to keep going. And that success isn't whether your film gets distributed or whether anyone sees your film. Success is going after what you want and being committed to it. And that's it. So even before the film came out and it did all this, I think one of the journeys I took as a filmmaker when I had $500 in my account a year ago was I'm successful because I'm going after what I want. You know, I would just I like to add that, that it would help a lot if people went to the theaters and watched the movie. <laughs> Absolutely. September 11th. I think Geetha's, please, everybody Geetha's, hit Geetha's it. statement is really great. It's a great hedge against the emotional loss that I could incur in the next five days. But I'm begging you to go watch this movie. It's right up the street at the Angelica. It's Angelica. Beautiful yeah. theater. Take everyone you know. It's great for the entire family, guys. There we go. Ravi, what about you? What, what was, what's a piece of advice for other filmmakers out there, you know, as somebody who's just completed it? You know, I think... I, I want to say there's like a Malcolm Gladwell book or one of those people where, you know, they were talking about... What is it called? It Did you called, read the back of the book and you yeah, saw yeah. this quote? Oh, man, such a good back of a book amongst many. Um, was it at the bottom of somebody's you know what signature line called? when you know they wrote you an remember. email? It's a book called Talent is a Signature Line. <laughs> you know, I, read, I once read the signature line. I read this, I was, uh, got this email from <laughs> Ann Becker, and at the bottom it said, Hi Life Anne. is short. Hi, Ann. Do everything you can. Hi, um, Ann Becker. It's, I remember the name of the book. It's called Talent is Underrated. And it like analyzes all these greats and the things that when they achieve big things. And basically what it does was it showed that in order for them to break through to like their highest goals that seemed unattainable, they had to go through this period that was necessarily really hard and unenjoyable. And I now understand what that means because I'm so grateful. And miserable. <laughs> I, I'm so proud of what we did here. And for so long, I was unhappy and wanted out and exhausted and hopeless um and we kept pushing each other to finish it and and i'll also say this we got a lot of notes about what this movie should be um and i think it's very easy in art to build constructs from the outside in from the outside in because you want this. You want to sell it. You want people to like it. And everybody else always seems more confident than you. It seems like when they <laughs> give you notes, they're like, "This is this what it's, this is what's wrong. Yeah. This is what you have to do." And most yeah. of us in our own journey are not as confident because we're, you know, we're trying to figure out where the yeah. next rock is that's that's stable. Yeah. So, my, so I mean, lean into the inside is what I would say. I mean, perfect example in the film. 
throughout the film, there's shaky camera, there's microphones, and we would get these notes of like, you guys need to find a way to make this look better. No, the notes were take it out. Take yeah, all but, but the it was also just like out. generally like, hey, the production value of this thing looks like crap, which it does. And we actually like started messing with it, and then ultimately what we realized was, you know what, actually that's, that could be the, that's what this is. That's the charm so of it. Let's lean into it. Absolutely. Let's yeah. acknowledge at the beginning of the movie, hey, my sister just got this camera. She sucks at cameras. You're going to see microphones. It's going to shake a lot. And I actually think that's the charm of the yeah. movie. The animation that's in it is, oh, there's animation in this movie as well. It's, it's half-drawn, very sketchy. And that is, you know, an attempt by us to kind of preserve the kind of visceral through line that you get from that home video feel. So lean in to the inside is yeah. my answer. And would you do another documentary? And what Never again. <laughs> done. No way. Uh, my first documentary took seven years. This one took six years. So I think so. We're doing another project that's scripted. We're we both doing come two from scripted, scripted things coming two up. Two scripted things. So we're excited and, about uh, that. I think we both want to do documentaries uh, down the road. I think we're going to take. I meant to take a break after the first one. And then this one happened right after it. So I, I would love to. I would. I actually like. I think we both love documentaries. We love documentaries. I, I yeah. think. I would love to like maybe executive produce a couple and be able to be there for notes and but not have to do all the hard work. Yeah, and and Robbie, uh, explain a little bit about what it's like to be the subject of a documentary where some people become so involved with your personal life. Yeah. You know, they follow your through line, they follow your romance, yeah. the ups and the downs, and yeah. do a lot, are a lot of people following up right now and to see where you're yeah. at and you know seeing if you're available. Well, when you're already an actor it starts to feel quite narcissistic. And it turns out it is. Uh, <laughs> um, it's, it's a lot, man. I mean, you know, the, what I, at least what I, told my, what I tell myself now, who knows if that changes over time, if I'm just saying this to be out of convenience. But, like, one, I'm, I'm really happy with what we made here. I actually think it affects people when they see it. I'm hoping it helps some people in their journeys or in their family life, whatever it is, or loneliness. I, I hope, you know, it entertains people at, at bare minimum. Um, so for that, I say, well, it was all worth it. And also, like what I told myself throughout making this film is, you know what? I have a really good family. I have great friends. They know who I am. They love me. Those are the people whose opinion I really care about. So the only thing I really could be scared of is what strangers think of me in the case that this movie makes me look terrible. And, you know, I, I don't know if I really care that much about what those people think. About me. I want them to love the movie, though. <laughs> of course, of course, <laughs> of course. And uh, Gita, tell us a little bit about what it's like to go through all those hours of footage. How many hours did you guys film for this movie? A few I mean, hundred, over, right? Yeah. I think three, three to four hundred hours of footage. Yeah. Um, it's fun. It's not bad. Actually, by the way. it's really fun. It's I mean, bad, actually, the yeah. thing with this, my last documentary was about a war zone. Completely different vibe, clearly. And what was really awesome about this is um, you don't know Revy. None of you know Revy, but he's the kind of person you guys. who's you guys constantly got people connection? in stitches. He's, he's a naturally improvisa improvisational comedian, like in real life. In fact, if you ask him he to memorize something. Articulate. 
If you asked him to memorize something like a comedian would and get up on stage and do it, that's not his forte. That's not where he shines the most. Where he shines is just being a normal human being and just being hilarious. And so the footage oh is really fun for me this because be I'm like literally, the, the editors and I are dying laughing. Like Michael Moore watched this movie and like he immediately was telling Ravi, he's like, oh my God, you know, he's calling all his comedian friends. Ravi's getting an this audition. This was so cool. Hold and, on. And Michael so, Moore, by the way, that no, was no, very not, sweet. This wasn't for you to talk about yourself. No, 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 no. We don't want to hear any well, of your stories. Michael Moore about Michael no, but Moore you've been talking. The... You already told your he story. He said, does this movie have distribution? We're like, no. And he got like a rock pissed about it. Like, he pulled <laughs> us in a room. He was like, he was like, you know, like sicko. Like, he's like, ah! <laughs> Incredible. Like, the footage, the footage, we get yeah. Harvey on the phone. I'm like, yeah, who's Harvey? <laughs> I didn't know who was. <laughs> this is one of the best moments like, of Ravi's life. Call Harvey. Okay. <laughs> it's great. The footage is really fun. I mean, the editor is... I've never seen documentary editors laugh so hard. I and mean, we were just constantly dying. Even now. I mean, when we're, we've watched this movie so many times, it's just fun to be around comedy. Yeah. It's very refreshing, you know, coming from war stuff. Is there any, is there any desire to do a follow-up of any sorts? To, yeah, 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 yeah. I've been filming Gita's uh, journey uh, uh -huh. for the last, no. <laughs> <laughs> just an iPhone. Yeah. No, that would be, that would be nice. Uh, no, I don't. I mean, I think well, the follow-up takes form. We have a project we're doing. In a in the, I I, we, I don't think we're allowed to talk about it yet. Yeah, there but is something, but we're not allowed to talk about it. There's an yet. exciting, for us, it's a dream follow-up. It's probably if you ask me to name one thing in my career I'd want to do, it's this next thing. So, um, yeah, I th I imagine it'll be announced in the next few weeks. Actually, that's great. And did you guys, when you were creating the look of this, like you said, it's a little, it's it's jaunty, it's a little rough around the edges. Were you looking at any other filmmakers when you were creating the oh, movie? Yeah. Who were you studying and oh, who were you well, getting uh, well, I mean, children, inspiration children from? Children <laughs> who use cameras and the, <laughs> the out-of-focus yeah. mystique. Drunk babies. Drunk babies. <laughs> um, no, you know what? American so Splendor go, Yeah, I was going to say, going into this movie, yeah. we knew we wanted it to be fun and and have a pace to it and be broad so we actually i don't know if you've seen the cove it's yes, uh yeah, yeah it's it an academy movie. award a few years back they put through kind of the heist narrative genre on top of the documentary and we thought oh what if we can do that with a romantic comedy structure so our film beat for beat follows a romantic comedy structure the small caveat being that since it's a film about family instead of boy meets girl boy meets parents but it's not it's like sexual. Like a big fat you know what big I mean? Wedding yeah, it's about family. Thing. Yeah, I make out with my dad. No, I'm done. Um, <laughs> uh, but so in doing that, I think we didn't start off doing this intentionally, but ev eventually evolved into an homage to all our favorite filmmakers. Yeah. There are actual clips of our favorite romantic. Jerry Maguire is in there. Dirty pretty Dancing. Pretty Woman's in there. Great selection. I want to say Harry, Harry Met Sally. Yeah. Uh, say anything. The music from all the like awesome rom coms. Yeah, it's very um, rom com music. Um, there's Harry Met Sally interviews. Did you Harry just say Met that? Harry Met Sally. No, I didn't. Yeah, say Harry that. Met Sally interviews. Harry Met Sally interviews. Um, there's like Wes Anderson type, like type like wides. Arrested the tights. Development kind of. I mean, we ripped there's the Kyra, everybody like the writing off. On the screen, like Arrested we are development. not talented at all. We literally copied. Uh, we everybody. ripped off everyone. But the greats. Um, yeah, we'd the like grades. to thank them. Yeah. Not um. now. <laughs> Down the road at some point. Uh, even Sherman's March, like Sherman's this obscure March, documentary. Yeah. That won an Academy Award like in the late 70s. It was like an amazing film. You should watch it. But like there's a scene in the third act where he's, it's about this dude who walks through Sherman's March, but he's single. Every time we talk about Sherman's March, people start looking around. Yeah, yeah. I got to get to Sherman's March. I got to stop bringing up Sherman's March. The point, yeah, anyway, yeah. 
Yeah, there's great. a lot of guys. Yeah. Oh, American Splendor, like the the animation came out of. Um, you know, we loved like this con this concept of melding verite with storyboards, like the way American Splendor did, and then you know, huh? Oh, Persopolis! Oh, yes, yeah, so good. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, um, no, they're thanking us. No, that didn't happen. That's great. No, um, um, we actually we will throw to the the audience for questions. If you guys have any questions, we'll uh, we'll get a couple of those out there. Hi, thanks for coming out today. Um, I started producing films recently, and if you don't mind me asking, what was your primary source of financing? <laughs> we, yeah. are, we first got uh, seed financing from a place here in New York called the Hartley Film Foundation. Wait, was, was PBS not first? This is before PBS. Oh, okay. Um, she does all this work. <laughs> I keep the checkbook. Yeah. And so they gave us like a little bit just to put together um, a sample of what the film would look like, which most independent films have to do in order to get money. So we did the sample. Then we also at that point had shown the footage to PBS at the same time and PBS was interested. And so we went through the process of like basically going through all their paperwork. They gave us money pretty soon around that time. Mm -hmm. Chicken and Egg production. Chicken and Canada. Egg, Impact uh, Partners here in New York. Um, Tribeca Film Institute. A bunch of rich people that are very people. generous. And These are all people we went back to because we kept still making yeah, the movie. Yeah, we were raising money the entire six years. We, we did were a just, Kickstarter last year. You know, one more year and we'd be like, oh crap, okay, let's go find more money. And then we, <laughs> at the end, oh, Tribeca Film Institute was one of the biggest supporters of the film, I'd say. Um, they, they not only gave us money, but they also gave us tons of support um, up until the end. They, they I, can't, I can't even like, think of what they didn't do on the film and um oh uh, Ann Becker's here from Tribeca yeah, Film Institute yeah, yeah. <laughs> can I just tell you that this you is know how cool a perfect example yeah though. she literally isn't being paid to be here right now she's just here because she <laughs> loves she's the been film working, like, and you know we were on the phone the other day yeah and she goes just so you know I've blocked out the whole day to help you with the premiere and she we're not paying her I mean Which, I don't know she yeah. went to business school and I'm starting to wonder if you actually finished because <laughs> The ROI on your work is just, I don't know, you know, but we've had a lot of incredible help in addition yeah. to the funding. People who have worked on this film for six and a half years, hundreds of people who have, you know, been a part of the film, like from a production standpoint, but also just friends and just even now, like on Facebook, you see all the people who are like, it's, it's. People are promoting the film that we don't even know. We have those yard signs that are out and people, people we don't know so are putting helpful. them up in yards and things. And I think it's because, I mean, I don't know fully what it's because, but part of it feels like it's because the film is about family and the film is about you know, making our relationships work. And there's just not a lot of that message out there these days. It feels like, you know, the country's in crisis a bit. Our, we have an all-time high divorce rate. We have a, a lot of people just wanting to be alone. They don't believe in love anymore. There's really few models of love these days. You know, people don't want to have kids anymore. There's a high depression rate. And we need more messaging that's about, and funny stuff that's about, you know, good things like family and positive stuff, you know. Instead, I think a lot of the stuff you see in comedy is like dysfunctional families that cuss at each other and, and let's just split apart and let's be together and let's have threesomes and stuff like that. But like, I think this film, what's exciting is that we wanted to kind of make a film that reflected the world that we saw and the world we wanted to live in. And I feel like everyone who has supported the film in the process of us making a film about family, we've been lucky enough to have all these people become our family, and it's the only way the film could have been made. There's no way that Ruby and I could have done this alone. Well You'll see when you watch it. Well, I, maybe you can get it from the clips, but, like, the comedy in the movie is... I mean, it just speaks to what you just said. It's, it's like, it's more cute comedy than it is... It's like Ellen DeGeneres crowd. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's Oprah a lot of gross. It's not yeah. a gross out comedy. It's or not. Anything. Yeah, 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 we're not trying to shock. We're not trying to mm. tell really smart bits. Like, yeah, yeah it's just, yeah, it's, it all kind of comes out of love. It's great. Hi, so uh, I'm a big fan of first-person documentaries, and this is a question for Robbie. So I, I was wondering if it was hard for you to be yourself when you knew that your sister was filming you, or was it just really comfortable for you? Was it easy? Isn't it always hard to be yourself? Are you with me, buddy? Um, you, know, I, you know, this was a concern, actually, when we started making the movie, that people were concerned that, you know, because I'm directing the movie, because I'm an actor, that it would create some sort of bias or performance in a camera. And that was the exact argument for why I said I was more comfortable than most film subjects. I had complete faith that I had final cut on what happens, that Gita wasn't gonna you know, use or film something that was inappropriate. Though, again, she did turn the camera on at one point when I, when I asked her not to turn it off. But um, it turned out to be in the, it's in the movie, so it's great. Um, but also, I think I'm just, like, I was so comfortable in front of the camera, it didn't bother me. And I was able to be myself. And as a director, I acknowledged for myself that I needed to be as truthful as possible for this thing to turn out to be anything at all. Um, did I answer your question? Yeah. So, Ravi, you joked about this, but I'm just curious. Uh, Gita, are you in the market for a husband? And what would a sequel look like if you guys did switch roles in this? My favorite question Great question. Great far. question. Solid question. <laughs> Patel clearance sale going on right now. All Patels on this stage must go. Get the single. I'll let you answer the rest of the question. But I'll also say this. Dad is on Facebook. Post anything. He'll get back to you right away. This is why I didn't want to make this movie. I, I literally had made, made this movie kicking and screaming. I, I hated the idea of anyone's personal life, especially mine, being in this documentary. Yeah, that must suck, and having a movie about your personal <laughs> life. <laughs> this was his idea, the whole movie, and, and like we said, it was supposed to be a journalistic film, and then it turned into this whole thing, but um, there will be no sequel. <laughs> uh, when you watch the film, you'll see I'm not even in it. You're, you're waiting to see what I look like, and then at the very end, you might, may or may not find out, but you guys see me right now. But um, it's... Uh, it's been really fun making this film. I'm, I'm so glad that I didn't run away because there were so many times where it just, it was too private, too intimate. And I don't know, it changed my life, so I'm so glad. Well, you heard it here, guys. Uh, no sequel, so just see the original twice. Uh, September 11th, <laughs> Angelica Theater, 42nd Street. Check online, uh, at Meet the Patels Film, I think is the Twitter. And so just... I think it's at Meet the Patels, or is it at Meet the Patels? You probably know Meet better than I do. I don't film. know why I interrupted. Um, if you go to the Facebook page, please join us, because this is a really critical week. MeetThePatelsFilm.com. This weekend, we have to crush it. Otherwise, you know, it's going to be downhill. I'm begging you to take everyone you know. So Post it on your we Facebook. We promise it doesn't suck. Please. And so we just need to get people there because it's up against the Even big boys. Even if it does, just go. Take everyone you know. Okay, guys. What are you doing Friday night, guys? Seriously. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming Thanks out, Thanks so much guys. for your time, guys. Hand, Thanks for having one us. One more hand for uh, Ravi and Gita Patel.